When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, so now we transition to the New York Jets, the Bills' opponent on Sunday. It's a 1 o'clock home game in Orchard Park. We haven't seen one of those in a while. Bills in blue, Jets in white. Sal, for a while. <laughs> no, I know, right? Are the Bills going to bounce back against a Jets team that has really exceeded expectations this year? Yeah, I think they are. I think the Bills will win this game, but I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't care that they played each other. I don't care that they're in the same division. This is like a whole new Jets team and a whole new Bills team from the last time they played. Mike White is way better than Zach Wilson. I like Mike White. He's good in a muddy pocket. He's good. He has good poise. He's accurate. He's got good receivers. He's been finding and throwing to the team believes in him. He's rallied them a little bit. But the Bills also now have Tredavious White, Matt Milano, and Jordan Poyer in the lineup. Hopefully Matt Milano, by the way, we don't know that. Knee injury that he was day-to-day while we're recording this. We'll see uh, what practice looks like. But anyway, the Bills will have a better defense. They have a better offense. I think the Bills are going to win this game. But I think you can definitely have and should have a lot of respect for the New York Jets. The way they played, they're going to have the defensive rookie of the year probably in Sauce Gardner. They have a offensive rookie of the year candidate. And Garrett Wilson might have had the offensive rookie of the year in Brees Hall anyway if he hadn't gotten hurt. And Mike White, who I think has elevated their play. Last time these two teams played, Bills made a bunch of mistakes. They had a bunch of players on defense missing. Now, obviously, they'll have Vaughn missing this time around. But you get Trey White back, who I think helps. They've got some really talented playmakers on offense with Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall is injured for the season, but he's awesome when he does come back. So you got Garrett Wilson, you got Elijah Moore, you got Corey Davis, you got some really nice wide receivers. So having Trey back will definitely help you in that sense. But the thing that I keep coming back to with the Jets, and I understand they're a much better team. The last time the Bills played against Mike White, he threw four interceptions and the Bills had five total turnovers. Every member of the starting secondary that day was involved in a turnover. And I keep remembering that moment after the game. And I think it was Jordan Poyer, Micah High, basically came into the press conference room and they're like, everybody else had one. So I needed to get a turnover. So that's what I think of when I think of Mike white. Now I think that they are a much more legitimate competitor now than they were at that point last year. Defensively, they've got so many playmakers, Quinn and Williams, CJ Mosley, sauce Gardner, the list goes on and on, but the bills have extra rest going into this game. They're coming off of a Thursday where the jets are coming off of a road game on a Sunday. I think that benefits the bills. Obviously it's at home. 
And for the Bills, you know the position that you're in right now. I do not think you're going to get caught off guard or slip up against a team like the Jets. So I think the Bills will handle business. I think the line is aggressive. I think a lot of people are writing off the Jets a little bit. I don't think that it's going to be a blowout. I think that this is going to be a similar game script to kind of what we saw against Cleveland, what we saw against Detroit, maybe without the last second needing to get down the field and score. But I think the Bills are going to win, but I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Yeah, the 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 line is nine and a half. I feel like that's a little fat, isn't it? Like it feels yeah. like that the, the Jets should be able to to you know kind of hang with the Bills a little bit more than that. But we'll see. Um, I like the Bills' chances in this game. I also agree about Josh Allen making so many mistakes. The offense making mistakes. Um, he hasn't been doing that as much the last couple of weeks. The Bills' red zone, by the way, has also been a lot better. They've been scoring down there six of their last seven. I think that's a big key. And on the other side, the Jets have not been very good in the red zone lately. They're missing a lot of opportunities. So that's a key to this game. I think scoring points when you get in the red zone. And I think the Bills should win this game. But I want to give a lot of respect to the Jets, what they built there, what they're doing right now. They're trying to end the longest playoff drought, current playoff drought in the NFL at 11 years. Before we get to questions. Well, actually, let's start it. I have a question for you. Unless you want to say anything more on the Jets. This is related to the Jets, though. No, go ahead. Ask your question. Okay. Unless you were listening to WGR earlier this week, which I know you're a faithful listener, you might've heard this already (laughs) because um, Joe and Jeremy were talking about it in the morning. Do you know who has the next longest playoff drought in the NFL after the New York jets? Um, well, I'm going to guess just because if it was a question, if I did not hear it, but if it was something that was being talked about by you guys on GR, my uh, guess no, is- it was just a question. It wasn't like because it was necessarily, I don't think, relevant to anything specific. Okay. I'm still going to guess. It's a trivia question. I'm still going to guess the Dolphins. It is not. The Dolphins actually were in the playoffs in 2017. They do Oh, that. they were. Yeah, they're they're tied. Yeah, was it was that Matt Moore, maybe? Um, they are tied. Oh, you're with, right. You're right. Yeah, they're they tied with um as the third longest playoff drought. The Jets last playoff appearance was 2011, 11 years ago. There is one team whose last appearance was 2016, actually. Give me the conference. AFC. 2016. Okay, it's not. So these, just... this team has not been in in 17, 18, 19, 20, or 21. And okay, they're so I'm going to this year. I'll okay, so it's, it's nobody in the AFC East. Correct. It's nobody in the AFC North. Correct. It's nobody in. Ooh. AFC West and they're not going to make it this year. They're not going to make it this year. Nobody in it's not the Jags. It's not the Colts. It's not the Titans. It's not the Texans. Okay. So it has to be the AFC West and they're not going to make it this year. Already not going to Denver. Yes. The Denver Broncos. If the jets make it, will have the longest current playoff drought in the NFL, but the Jets have almost doubled them up. They're at 11 years right now. They're looking to end that. All right. What else do we got for questions? Well, there's a, <clears throat> there's a lot of them. It's, <laughs> this is, this was the question from the press room yesterday until the Von Miller news happened. We were all sitting there. Do you remember what we were talking about for like 15 minutes and it got pretty I heated? I do. Okay. Okay. So the question I made is a from- joke on Twitter. People didn't realize it was a joke. Well, it went over their heads. Yeah, I guess pun intended. So <laughs> from Dan Fates, do you should you talk to your barber, 
hairstylist, hairdresser, whatever, while you were getting a haircut. And I was very adamant with my question or with my response, but it seems like a lot of people, we had a room divided basically. So it's basically, should you be talking while you're getting your haircut? What do you think? Okay. So my joke was I never, I watch my phone (laughs) and I listen to music while I'm doing it. Well, that's because I'm my own barber, folks. I shave my head. I've been doing it for 25 years, essentially. I'll be 50. I started at 26 years old, shave my head two, three times a week. And I was going to make the joke and say, I would talk to my barber, but he's a jerk. That's me. <laughs> okay. Now, that said, my Uncle Tony owned a barber shop for decades, which was located right where right now um, Sheridan and um, right across from Duff's on Sheridan. That's where his barber shop okay. was for many years. And I would go in there as a kid and I would see how he would interact with people. And my son gets his haircut and I go to the barber and the place where he goes at the salon or whatever that we have friend, a friend that owns it. Look, I, yeah, I I think it's really, to me, the answer here is it's kind of up to the personality of your barber. Like if you think that's a person who's going to engage with you or wants to engage, I think you want to make them feel as comfortable as they want to make you feel comfortable. That's where I land. I'm totally cool with it. I think you should. But if you get a barber or have someone that's really not into that, I think it's okay not to. Here was my take on it. And this might sound ridiculous, but I'm okay with it. And then Andy Young from Spectrum made a very funny joke to it. And I said, I would rather have a plus conversation and a B plus haircut than an A plus haircut and a B plus conversation. And he was like, yeah, I can tell, which was funny. (laughs) So that was a good joke. But I do think that that's like a prerequisite of, okay, you're going to be a barber. You're going to be somebody who works in a salon. You probably should be comfortable just kind of, you know, talking to somebody for however long it is. Now I will say, I very much understand the, women in the room were talking about how long some of their haircuts take. And it's like, okay, it's not 20 minutes. Like it is for a guy. Sometimes it's three hours because you're getting a color and highlights and uh, whatever the heck's going on up there. So in that setting, yeah, it would be impossible to talk to somebody for three hours straight. But I think for most guys, if it doesn't take that long yet, yeah, like I enjoy the conversations that are had when you're yeah. sitting in the chair and you're having the haircut. I, I was going to say, they have like, isn't this something, isn't it called the barber shop or something like that? There's like a show that like guys stand around it's, you know, and they talk or something like that. Yeah. Shout out to Dawn. She's done my hair for, I don't know, 10 years and she's a family friend and we talk nonstop. Basically I get in there and it's just a catch. Let me ask you this too. When you did, before you shaved, how often did you have to get your haircut? When I was a little kid, uh, I, I was getting it every few weeks, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm in a different s- spot. I used to have like a really bushy hairdo. Like I literally yeah. had a, lots of curly hair. And when I was growing up, no one wanted to touch it. And then I started getting into middle school and going to my my uncle for my cut. When I got to college, though, my buddy like shaved. We did the fade thing. We would do it ourselves yeah. in our dorm. So I'm not the right person to a- answer this. I will tell you this, though. What you just said about if you're going to get into that industry, you have to be able to talk. Matt, I feel the same thing about our industry. But there are people who aren't really the most like forthcoming personalities, if you will, which is fine. right? Yeah. In our industry, how many people do we know we see in the media room or we see out that they're just not the most talkative people? And sometimes they go, oh, boy, that person's in the media and they have kind of a reserved personality. I think it's fine if that's who you are. It's, it, it doesn't mean you have to be like that, but I also find it kind of a bit different for the profession. Yeah. Well, and you're also, we're comparing it to 
ourselves who are two very extroverted people who are also Italian. So (laughs) we're always talking and raising our hands and making loud noises in, you know, being Italian basically. So, okay. So that's the hair question. And then there's a couple more about the bills. One of them is about Mike. There's a few of them about Micah Hyde. And I kind of previously broached this at the beginning of the episode. Do you think there's a chance we see Micah Hyde again this year? I'm going to answer it this way. All right. Um, it is not a zero chance. It is not a zero chance. I don't know if it's a 1%. I don't know if it's a, I wouldn't say like it's 50% chance. It's not a zero chance. I agree. I'm going to say about that. I agree. Just based off of the vibe, some conver- some private conversations that have been had, and I'm not going to you know reveal mm-hmm. anything more than that. I think, I think we're both not- in the same spot. Like, you 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 don't know what he's feeling or going through or doing. I know I see him all the time and he's working out and he looks great, but that doesn't mean anything necessarily to his private medical situation. But I would say based on what I know, what I've heard, what I've talked to people about, it is not a zero chance. This is the best way that I can put it. And I like how you said it too. I am not expecting it to happen. No, that's right. But I will not be shocked if it does happen. I like it. That's right. That that's where I am when it comes to that. All right. A couple other Take questions. What you will about that bills fans. Yeah. Uh, here's from Sean. Does John Brown eventually get signed to the active roster? What do you think? Mm, no, I think he'll just keep getting elevated when they need him. But I guess if they don't sign Odell, they might have to, they need another guy. I don't I mean, as we sit here, we don't know if Marquez Stevenson's going back to the practice squad either. That might be, if they do that, they can kind of go back and forth. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good one. I, I'm going to say no at this point, but maybe. I agree. I think because you're an injury away. So if you have another injury to somebody, then you probably act, you put them on the active roster just because you have to at that point. But right now, especially with Jake Kumaro starting yeah. to, you know, trend in the right direction. So we'll see what happens. Hey, there. Real quick, All Jameson right. Crowder, uh, he, he, we should tell the fans he was on the side working out the other day. Yeah. So it, it's, I feel like. Jamison Crowder and Christian Benford more so Crowder because we've seen more of him. Same thing trending in the right direction. I am not expecting him to be ready to go, but I think actually I'm much closer to thinking he'll play than I am to thinking Micah Hyde will play with Jamison Crowder just at some, just at some point in the next month or so. In the nature of a neck versus an ankle. That's true too. All right. Here's another question. This is from Bryce. It's when do they sit Dane Jackson? And I don't think I'll start with this one. I don't think they're ever going to sit Dane Jackson to the point where like, he's not active on a game day or anything like that. I think right now, even with the struggles Dane has had, they trust him as their cornerback too. I'm not saying they necessarily should. I think in a perfect world, if everybody was healthy right now, you would have Trey white play basically every snap. Now that he's gotten a couple games under his belt and he played about 60% of the snaps against the Patriots. And I think a lot of that was also due to the fact that the game was done at the end of the third quarter and they didn't need him. So I think you would have Trey white on one side, and then you would have some sort of rotation of Benford and of Dane Jackson and of Elam basically on the other side with Benford out. I think right now in a perfect world, you'd have some sort of rotation between Dane and Elam. But it seems like they still trust Dane a little bit more than Elam. And then you have Rhodes come into this mix as well. So I don't think they're ever going to sit him. I don't think that even though he struggled, they have lost confidence in him. 
maybe they'll have him more involved in a rotation than we thought he would be. But I don't think we're going to get to a point this year where Dane Jackson isn't getting snaps for this football team. Dane Jackson is the new Levi Wallace. That's who he is. Ooh, I very much agree with you in the take of like kind of the perception of him and right. how a lot of people, you know, he came That's from, what I mean. I'm not comparing the two people as players. What I'm yeah. comparing is how fans view the player and what the team feels about the player. That's yeah, that's perfect. Cause the second corner is like the hardest position to be because a lot of times you were getting targeted because you're not the other person. In this case, mm-hmm. you're not Tredavious white. So even if it was somebody who is substantially more talented, they would still be getting picked on and they would still be getting criticized because it's not Trey white. Okay. And let me just explain what Leslie Frazier said about this situation last week with Kyrie Elam. We don't know all the intimate details, why Kyrie Elam didn't dress. But what he said was it came down to special teams as much as it did defense. And he said the week that week prior, Dane Jackson was sick. So Xavier Rhodes took a lot of his reps as the starting corner, but Dane was basically healthy enough to play and they needed him on special teams and Kyrie Elam doesn't really play special teams. So since, so since Xavier Rhodes took all those reps all week, they wanted him to play and they also needed Dane for special teams. So they dressed him. And since it, they also needed Dane for special teams, they also wanted to play corner. They, because he was sick, they also wanted to make sure they were good on special teams. So they basically Cam Lewis, Cam Lewis became the player instead of Kyrie Elam, who was the extra player because they wanted to make sure they were set on special teams and defense overall. And Kyrie Elam really doesn't play special teams. I hope I tried to explain it. Well, I don't know if it makes sense to people, but that's what he was trying to say. I think Matt, you explained it well, and it makes sense from kind of the thought process behind it, but I still don't necessarily buy it. To me, it was more just like they didn't trust Kyrie Elam yep. in that situation because I think that even though special teams matters, I think you would still be making those decisions about what they can do on defense, not how they can contribute in other areas of the field. That's just my opinion on it. It All felt right, last- like to me that Cam Lewis was the guy that really played for Kyrie Elam because they wanted to make sure they were good enough on special teams. If something were to happen, the Dane couldn't go the whole game. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the best way I could put it. And then the last one, just so we'll wrap up here with a fun one. This is from uh, beans burner account. What's your favorite Italian dish? I mean, it's just, it's a really nice big bowl of pasta. It really is. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm just old school, man. You give me a really nice bowl of spaghetti, pasta, macaroni, but I will also tell you, do you, I don't know if your house, not every Italian household has had this. Do you eat, do you know what rapini is? Yeah, I don't, we don't eat it, but I know what it is. I love rapini. My mom okay. makes rapini for me sometimes. My wife has learned how to make it since we've been married. And I love the garlic in there. It's rapini. It's broccoli leaves basically. And it's soaked in garlic and it's great. And it's cooked up in a pan. I love that. And I'm a pasta guy. What about you? What kind of pasta? What's your favorite pasta? I think, I think spaghetti. I think spaghetti okay. overall, just. Yeah. I mean, but I could, I could, any kind of pasta is good, but I think spaghetti would be my choice. If I go to a restaurant and I have here, all your pasta dishes, if I see spaghetti and red sauce and sausage and meatballs, like that's my go-to, I would say, I'd love to put in chicken, seafood, all that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm a rigatoni guy when it comes to pasta. I love when the sauce gets stuck in between the rigatoni. Mm -hmm, And I also love, this is gross and weird. I love cold rigatoni. Like I love pasta when it's been in the fridge and you just take it out and you have pieces of it. I don't know why. And this is a very Italian American dish, but chicken parm to me is just the best. And I realize 
that that's not really something that's eaten in Italy. And a lot of people are like, that's not an Italian dish. That's not an Italian dish, but it's so good. It's so good. I think my last meal would be chicken parm. Like if you were on like death row or something and you had one meal, you'd say, give me chicken parm. I think so. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what I choose. I think I'd choose some sort of spaghetti with like the the, the linguine pescatori or something. You know what I mean? Have all the seafood in there, maybe some steak or whatever in there. I don't know. My two options would be chicken parm or pizza and wings. Yeah, pizza and wings. I mean, it's always the go-to, and pizza is, I guess, an Italian dish, right? So we can go with that as well. Yeah, exactly. All right, Matt and I got to get out of here. Thanks a lot for listening, downloading, subscribing. You can do all of that iTunes, Spotify, wherever you pod. It's always game day in Buffalo. We'll talk to you next week.